Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. A little praise report this morning. I was able to traverse the communion cups, which I was unable to do last time. Figured out the extra flappy, peely, what do you, you call it, Jeff? The peely something or other? Just be praying now. Pray specifically. We have a realtor. His name is Buck Settles. And be praying over him that he finds us a, a building, works out a deal. And we'll go back to regular communion when we all come forward again and do all that. Because, you know, the, that thing there, I don't know if it's made for these meat hooks or what. Because I, I peeled back the, the whole layer. And then I had to try to work the thing to get the wafer out. I don't even know. Some of you probably didn't even know. Where's the wafer? Some of you thinking that right now? If you do, see Jeff afterwards. He'll get you a wafer. <laughs> the reason why we went to that instead of the standard everybody come forward and grab is we have no room to do it. There's no room up here. There's no room to do it right now, which is a great thing. But I do want to get back to the more traditional one. I'm not a big on the whole cup thing. You're like, why is this guy talking about that? I don't know. You are my, you're my psychologist. Uh, you're how I, <laughs> how I vent. Speaking of that, let's go into today's message. You are going to have to deal with people. Even in these times that we are living in right now, which are difficult. In all honesty, they're the best of times and the worst of times. For me, they're the best because... God is pouring out his spirit on those who are faithful. It's the worst because not many are faithful. All around this land right now, churches are closed. People are masked. If you think that it's over, you've lost your mind. You're living in a blessed area. Most other places are locked down, and I'm talking about worldwide. You're like, Tom, how long are you going to talk about this? Well, I've been talking about it since last March, and they promised me. All the experts promised me 15 days to flatten the curve. You know, I blew them off anyway. I didn't take any days to flatten any curve, and we never closed and never will, and never social distance or anything else, ever. <laughs> ever. But they said that. Now, we're, we're almost at as many months as they are days. We're at 14 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. And if you might, you might think, well, you know, people in Florida... We think because we've had great leadership here that the whole country and the whole world is like this. It is not. Israel is dominated right now by what's called green passes, which are COVID vaccine passes, COVID passports, vaccine passports, whatever it is that you want to name. I saw a reporter on Twitter this morning talking about how great it is in Israel. And I sent him back, yeah, mixed with your vaccine passports and your communism, it's all great there. It's absolutely perfect that you now have set two classes of people, people with a green pass and people without a green pass. You need to stand up against that church, and you're going to, in order to do that, in order to do that, you're going to have to deal with people. I know the verses. I know them. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 and 4, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I know that verse. And people think that that's a way out of communicating or standing up to people. It is not. 
I know Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I know these verses. And what they are about is explaining to you the root cause of evil. They are not excuses to not speak out or take action. Got quiet right there. You know why it's quiet? Now, I told you this last week, and all of you came back anyway. I'm proud of you, seriously. I respond to you. You may not realize it, but I'm looking at your faces. And it actually steers the message to some degree. Because I want to see how you're going to respond. When I say things like it's not an excuse, when you talk about for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, people think, oh good, that gives me my way out. I don't have to stand up to my relative who is demanding that I wear a mask. Yes, you do. Well, we don't war against the flesh. Well, no, we're not gonna take up arms until they come to me in their brown shirts at my front door. Or they come to take my arms. Like, what on earth did I walk into this morning? Amen. Of course, they're talking about not, ta- not taking some sort of physical action, like warfare. But it's definitely not talking about not standing up for yourself and standing up for your faith and standing up for your freedom. It is for freedom that Christ sets you free. Do you think about that verse? It's for freedom that he sets you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a vaccine passport, by a yoke of slavery. Don't do it. It's at minimum, a vaccine passport is at minimum the skids being greased for the mark of the beast, if not the mark itself. You've got to stand now. Do you want your child to have kids and get married? Then you're going to have to stand. That means you know what? You push the outer limits. You see everybody else wearing a mask and you don't wear one. I pranced all around Inglewood Hospital. You want to talk about an insane asylum? Every single person garbed in everything. They have two people in their COVID wing. Dos. Hablo Espanol, amigos. That's all I know right there. That's all I got. I walked right through there. I didn't care. The whole, I, I was in there. The waiting room was full, full of people. They all had ranges of COVID gear on. I sat there just like this. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to stand up to people. A lot of you think you're not scared of people, but you are. We have to look at this. How does God work? How does he work? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation is given to all, given to every man for the common good. Acts 9, 15 says this. But the Lord said to him, this is just as Jesus speaking to Paul. Go, speaking about Paul. Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. God primarily works through people. He even encased himself in flesh. 
became a person, died on the cross. He primarily works through people. You're going to have to deal with them then. You're going to have to deal with people if you're going to deal with God. What do, you, what do you do? What do you do if you have a problem with a person? What's your steps? Most people will leave this church and every other church for one of two reasons. Either they'll get in an ungodly relationship or they'll get offended. Offended by what? Well, I didn't like the way the pastor's wife spoke to me. What are you two? You can't overcome that? I didn't like what he said in the message this morning. Well, did, Holy Spirit, did the Holy Spirit release you? Did the Holy Spirit release you from this church? A lot of you want to go, but he won't let you go. You're like, please let me go back to my lukewarm church. Please let me go back. Please let me go back. I was comfortable there. Nobody ever bothered me there. No message hurt me there. Send me back, Lord. Send me back to Egypt. Don't ever go back. Go where it's dangerous to go. What do you do when you have a problem with somebody? You only have one, you only have one of two choices. You can either do nothing about it or you can go talk to them. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. Between thee and him alone, not prayer chain, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. That's only Jesus talking in Matthew chapter 15, verse 28. You can blow that off if you'd like. That's what you do. That's your only option. You got a problem? Go talk to him. Go talk to him face to face. Don't call four people and say, you know, I just want some counsel on something. We have Christianese that ushers people straight to hell through gossip. Straight to hell. There's going to be a lot of Christians that are shocked on the day of judgment that they go straight to hell for gossip. Don't worry, it's only named in every list of sin there is in the New Testament. The devil also primarily works through people. Why? The devil wants to be God. So he emulates God. So he primarily works through people. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 12 through 15. Some of you are wondering what it is that I'm reading. This is the Bible. This is what you're supposed to be hearing in your churches. Not be a community partner and a good neighbor. And put your mask on and let's close for another three weeks. But what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is, you see, most people, they only, they only concentrate on 11.14. They got to look at 11.15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, of which there are many, that minister churches that look just like this one, that have a website that looks just like ours, sing the same songs, have the same mission statement, have the same proclamation of faith, and are clothed with masks on and scared to death of a virus with a 99.997% survival rate, post-infection. And you tell your church to be scared of it? You know what you are? You're a minister of the devil. Scared of what? 
John Lake went prancing about with the black plague itself. You know what the survival rate was there? None. There is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. It's not our fight. It's not our time. We need to, we need to be community partners and good neighbors. We, we need to put our masks on to show our solidarity with Planned Parenthood and with the YMCA. If you look like them, you are them. Get that face diaper off your face and never put it back on. Tom, you can't be that black and white, really. That's what God is. I'd rather emulate him than lukewarm Christianity. I have no regard for religious Christianity. None. No respect. Nothing. I will mock it to its face. You may consider it to be rude. I don't consider it to be rude to call out heresy. Call it out. You don't close churches for viruses. When has that ever happened? Until the World Economic Forum told and Klaus Schwab told you to do it. With his minions that are now camped out in the White House. By dealing with people, I mean relating with people correctly, not in humanistic love. That's what the church is, the, the church in America. And now I used to give the church around the world credit because they seem to be more bold. They aren't. They're all closed too. I'd be like, well, you know, you have, you have your revivals in Africa and 500,000 people show up, so they must be more serious about God. They're not. They're all closed too. Humanistic love is the failing of most Christians in most churches. We need to show everybody how much we love them by not obeying the Bible. You have this, you have this alleged plague come out with a 99.997% post-infection survival rate. But anyway, and what do you do? You, humanist, you respond to it with humanistic love by listening to the CDC and closing your church? No, you respond with the word of God 100% of the time. It may seem foolish. It's supposed to. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it is the power of God. It may seem foolish. It may seem foolish to the Christian sitting next to you. You still stand in it. You say, well, I was given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever I bind is bound. Whatever I loose is loosed. That's how you respond. You don't respond with the world's wisdom or respond, I believe in the Bible, but I'm going to also use wisdom. Whose wisdom? If you're saying, I believe in the Bible, but, then you're saying you're adding to the word of God. That works out real well. Read the book of Revelation. You add to the word or you subtract from the word, he'll add to you the plagues that are written in the book. That's a fact, by the way, and it will come. The failing of most Christians in most churches is to respond in humanistic love. To, tell the, to not tell the truth is loving. To not stand in the truth is loving. To avoid confrontation is loving. It is not. Did Jesus avoid confrontation? Tom, you just like confrontation. I do not. I like laying around. It's true. I like laying around. I don't, I don't seek out confrontation. Now, if you want it, you come to the right place. 
I'm not talking about dealing with people harshly or rudely, and I almost left out the word harshly because in our culture, harsh is way misinterpreted. See, we think harsh is any sort of fervency or having a spine or speaking something with great fortitude. See, we need, you need to compare where we are today with where the Bible was written. What was harsh then versus what is harsh now? They use this to manipulate you. They spit out lies to you every day and then make you feel like garbage if you don't repeat the lie. So people, I don't want to be harsh or rude. It's not rude. Well, excuse me, I identify as a woman. I don't care, dude. You're a man. Say it to them. I'm not saying if you see some transgender person walking around Walmart 100 yards from you that you go seek them out like a heat-seeking missile. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when they make a demand on you, Christian, will you deny Christ by lying or will you stand up? I will not call a man a woman. You're wondering, why aren't you covering the other part, Tom, where women want to be called men? Because there aren't any. You're like, there are a few. I know there's a few, but mainly what it is is a bunch of perverts who want to find their way into women's showers and bathrooms. That's what it is. Do you realize now that they're opening up the prison systems that you're allowed to identify as whatever you want? And guess what's happening? How many women do you think are identifying as men to go into the men's penitentiary versus how many men are identifying as women to go into the women's penitentiary? Uh, Basically, 1,000 to zero. There hasn't been a woman yet. In California, it's 300, 280 prisoners, felony prisoners, are suddenly identifying as women and want to be transferred to the women's prison. Oh, that's going to work out real well, you Democratic Party morons. How dumb. You, don't, you do not secede to lies like that as a Christian. Well, you know, I want to go along to get along. That's love. It's not love, it's called lying. You gotta stand up. You cannot be afraid of people. That's the next greatest failing of Christians and churches is they are afraid of people. What do I mean by that? Whenever you see like Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In the fear of the Lord, uh, you will find refuge. And his, and his children, well actually his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Whenever you see verses like that in Proverbs about fear or anywhere in the Bible about fear of the Lord, the range of fear runs from reverent to awful. And it's meant to run that range the entire time. So when you hear the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you'll hear the lukewarm, skinny jeans wearing, latte sucking, pastor skip verses, who's real loving, wears a mask all over the place. What he'll hear, oh, that's just reverencing God. It's not our fight. It's not our time. It's just reverencing God. It's just reverence. No, it's not. It's an awful fear of God also. Like I'm afraid of going to hell. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who would say such an awful thing? Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. It's supposed to run the range of reverent. If you're right with God, it's a reverent fear. If you're not, it's an awful fear. 
Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. I'm going to preach the word of God to you. This is the Bible. So when we talk about fear of people, it's the same thing. It can run where we're reverencing people. Where we're like, oh, that's a great idea, Dr. Fauci. We're reverencing what you have to say. Even if it's Donald Trump, we're reverencing what you say. Operation Warp Speed, we're reverencing it. Or you can have an awful fear where you're just one of those people who's a shrinking violet. I don't want to rock the boat now. I don't want to rock the boat, and that's really godly. I'm that person. I'm the peacekeeper. No, it's blessed are the peacemakers, not peacekeepers, not the habitually pliable, not the placators. If you're a go-along to get along, shrinking violet to the place of compromise, you are completely and totally wrong. And you think that it's loving? Well, I don't want to say anything because if I do, say it, I do. You think I, listen, most times when I'm at my family gatherings, nobody says nothing to me that's controversial. That's smart. As I told you, if you want it, you've come to the right place because I will not stand there and let you lie to me. Go, if you're in a separate conversation, I don't go get involved in it. You come up to me and you want to tell me, you know, Tom, we really think you should wear your mask. <laughs> oh, man. You didn't just poke the bear. You stabbed the bear. You didn't go along to get along as godly. Most Christians do. That's what they're doing. That's why all the churches are closed. You got to go along to get along. We wouldn't want to say anything to offend anybody. Don't want, why, why is that such a problem? Why is it such a problem to rush, ruffle feathers when that's all that Jesus did? You could say that was his calling. He came in and ruffled feathers. He came in and offended. And all the Christians now think it's an attribute to never offend? Got quiet on that one too. See, a lot of people, you're scared. You're scared to offend them. You, that's because your life is too important to you. What will be the cost? You want to be blessed or don't you? You want to operate in power and anointing and approval of God or don't you? Well, then you're going to have to deal with people correctly. If you're a shrinking violet going along to get along, you are completely wrong. If you're rude and arrogant, you're completely wrong. If you avoid rocking the boat to the place of compromise, you're completely wrong. If you're a moody, selfish cuss, all done in the name of Jesus, there's lots of people, I'm a, I'm a brooding, melancholy Christian. No such thing. Joy of the Lord is your strength. Brooding and melancholy is not part of being a Christian. You drive around listening to depressing songs and you're brooding and melancholy and depressed and oppressed, you're completely wrong. People are to be dealt with also in the correct priority. What's priority one? Who's priority one? That's right, your relationship, seeking after the kingdom of God. That is number one, and it's not close. People try to fit God into their life. He's Yahweh, the mighty God of Israel, and you're gonna fit him into your life? He's what sets your life. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Colossians 3.2. Not fit him in. Well, I get my devotion. Devotion? I hate that word. 
Just, I hate it. He's supposed to be your entire life. You're supposed to pray without ceasing. Tom, nobody can pull that off. You can live a lifestyle of prayer. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, talking about how that you prioritize people. And again, I just want to tell everybody, because there's so many new people, don't think that I'm avoiding any other than God, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm not avoiding them all. I memorized all the verses in Matthew, because they're the ones I, I read first, because Matthew comes first. Why does Tom always use Matthew? Because those are the verses I memorized. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And you don't think you're supposed to stand up? Going along to get along is godly, Tom. We're not, we're not here, you know, to offend our fellow human beings. You know, you're not here to offend, but you might offend. If you, you have to speak the truth, it is not an option. Masks do nothing. Tell them. That's a fact. You hear Anthony Fauci on every channel right now saying to people, they get, remember how they told us? Not that I would ever take that poison anyway, but they told you. Remember right at 15 days to flatten the curve, now we're 14 months to flatten the curve? They told you as soon as the vaccination comes through, it's a panacea. You'll all be free once again. It's like Jesus came back to set you free. That's what they told you, right? And now what he says is that you have to still wear a mask and still isolate and still social distance, still can't go to a restaurant, still can't do anything. Why? Because of asymptomatic spread. You might be carrying around a, a booger flake of COVID-19. Asymptomatic spread is an absolute, look at me now, hoax. It's been disproven time and time again. They strap masks on your kids. Why? Why? It's a lie. You should tell them it's a lie. Kids have been proven time after time after time after time after study after study after study to not be significant vectors of COVID-19. They don't carry it and they don't pass it. Facts, that's the way that it is. But everybody lets them strap masks on their kids? Pull your kid out of that school, quit your job and homeschool them. God will supply. God will supply. Are you a Christian or not? You'll be richer in a year than you were by holding on to the Americana lifestyle. Well, we gotta ship them to school, spend nine hours a day with a mask on their face sucking in things that they're meant to exhale, and you think that's good for your children? No. Guess what exhaling is for? Exhaling. <laughs> I listened to a study recently. I put, out, I put the doctor on the podcast last night. He said that when, when kids are sitting there all day long, and they, you have this pocket between your lips and that mask. And that pocket is so full of carbon dioxide that you would not, if you put that atmosphere in this room, we'd all have to leave. Because we could not get enough oxygen, we'd all pass out. And they live in it. Six, seven, eight, nine hours a day living in it. 
breathing in their own latent coronaviruses and bacteria. Matthew 10, 37 through 39, the church needs to know this. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves, listen now, listen now to all the minivan ladies out here who your whole life, you believe that just taxing around your kids, you become a chauffeur and dads too. And there's no room for God because of soccer or baseball or cheerleading or volleyball or flute practice, remote control boat practice. I don't know what else. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Man, this is serious stuff. Yeah, Christianity is not light and airy. It's about dying to yourself and allowing the kingdom of God to sweep in like a mighty hurricane and take over your life. He's God. He's worthy of taking over your life. Don't let a person take over your life. They're not worthy. And that concludes your kids. People won't applaud that part because they've been indoctrinated into Americanized culture or Americanized Christianity where children are number one. No, it's God, then your spouse, then your kids. It's plainly laid out in Scripture. You cannot fear people. If you are reverencing your children, that's reverencing them if they're number one. You're reverencing them. You're fearing them. Doesn't mean you're necessarily scared of them, although I won't preach on that too much today. I see a lot of parents who are actually literally scared of their children. Because why would you ever let a two-year-old do whatever they want unless you're scared of them? It gets quiet of that every time I preach it. (laughs) You cannot fear people, and I mean nobody. Not a soul. I don't care who they are. Listen, listen, that doesn't mean that you don't obey ruling authorities. Not, not in the COVID crazy, stupid way that a lot of people that well, we're going we're gonna to not come back to church because, you know, we want to obey our ruling authorities who told us to lock down. And then they send money to China's underground church. How does that make sense to you? Ruling authorities means, you know what, on your way home today, if you're driving 70 in a 45 and the blue lights come on behind you, you don't go, I'm immune I'm born again Christian. Jesus did not want us doing that. Those are the ruling authorities. You're wrong. If you stole something at Walmart and you get stopped, you should stop. If you get pulled over on the way home, there are there blue lights behind you today, pull over. Fear is reserved for God. Submission is not. So you are to submit to God, but you're also to submit to people. I'll get to that in a minute. You cannot fear people, and I mean absolutely nobody. Fear, fear is reserved exclusively for God. We already know this first, Roman, uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. You know, what does that mean? What's that last one mean? 
to depart from the snares of death. If you fear God, you're less apt to commit evil. Were you better? Now, how many, I don't know how many of you had great dads. Sometimes I take that for granted. I had a great dad. There was a whole lot less evil going on when he was home. Because there was a fear there. Nothing wrong with that. Well, we don't want to teach people to be afraid. Who told you that? Where's the Bible verse? I always ask. Go up to a pastor and ask him. Where's the Bible verse that supports anything that you're preaching today? Oh, community partners, a good neighbor. Show me the money. Show it to me. Show me Bible verses that support you strapping on a lie. Submission is not solely reserved for God. We are definitely to submit to the mighty God of Israel. But it's not so, fear is solely God's. Submission is not. Ephesians chapter five, verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. We are to submit to one another too. See, a lot of Christians greatly struggle. They can never submit to authority. I've heard that more than one time in this church. I submit to no man. Oh, really? Really, you submit to no man. I love how Christians lie to themselves and their lies become their doctrine. I submit to no man. You really, you never submit to a human being. Really, so you never have paid a tax in your life. Never. If the blue lights come on, you don't pull over. So you submit to no man. No, we are to submit to one another in the fear of God. Guess what? You're supposed to have pastoral authority in your life. If you can't handle it, you're an immature thumbsucker. Wandering around from church to church. Offended, not offended, offended. Hey, you know what? I know I've come here for five minutes. Can I lead a Bible study? No. See, a lot of pastors would be afraid. I'm not. I'll look you right in the eye. No. I'll see you in six months. You come here for six months. I see it. I see that you're solid. We'll talk. You ain't leading a Bible study here. I had a guy come in here and wanted to lead a Bible study on addiction. This wasn't long ago. I hope you could be sitting in this room. I have no idea. If it is you, then learn from it. Wanted to teach a Bible study about addiction. I'd known him for like three minutes. At the door. Three minutes. He says, you know what? I want, to, I want to teach a Bible study on addiction. I said, no. I said, get, you know, talk, you know, get, get with Heather. Get an appointment with me in a couple months, and we'll talk. Guess what he did? He'd sit in here, and he'd plant himself right where you guys are over here because he knows that between services, I walk right through here. Bypassed what I told him to do and would wait for me to come and try and sell me every Sunday. Boy, you know what? I just caved right into that. <laughs> you, know, that's the, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. No, squeaky wheel here gets you a kick. Right in the rear end, out the front door. You're like, Tom, that's not very loving. Yes, it is. That's exactly what that guy needs. He's going to sit there and defy authority. I told him, go to the person. I, I tell this to people all the time. Heather runs my entire life. Go to her, get it on the calendar. I'm not going to remember you after I walk out the door. I'm starving. I'm waiting for pizza and chicken wings. You're gone. Whoosh. You may not consider that to be loving. I don't care. She's going to remember I'm not. Go to her. Get it on the calendar. That's what I told him to do. He just bypassed it, ticked her off too. No, I don't want to be on that bad side of that hurricane either. 
But people can't, they can't abide by authority. Well, the pastor's not perfect. Well, who died and made you Yahweh? I don't claim perfection, but if God has told you to come to this church, welcome to your pastor, brothers and sisters. That's the way that it is. So this is what God wants you to hear. God wants you to hear what I'm saying. I pray over it. I don't go to the internet. I pray over it. I don't have pre-titles, naked and unafraid and sand and stars. My, mine are a title, take the attack to them. You won't find that on the internet. You will not find that on sermon.com where all the ark pastors are pulling their messages. You know, nobody wants my messages. They wouldn't dare preach this at lukewarm central down the road. Where they had their mask service and their unmasked services and their COVID clumps. And you know what? Here's the mask section. Here's the section that you sit if you want to pull your mask down during worship. And here's the section where you sit where you leave it on the whole time. You bunch of clowns. Who told, what, what Bible are you reading? How can you not see it? How, how is, now we're full, I'm just saying, why, how are churches not jam-packed full as people run back after seeing COVID passports come out? How do you not run back? I'm not even saying I want them back. I'm just saying, because 30 to 40% that left this church when we stood up and we weren't gonna close, I'm not saying I want any of those COVID cavers back. I'm just saying, how do you not come back? The moment that you see COVID passport, you don't, it doesn't, there's not a siren song playing in your mind, bellowing over the mountains of Revelation 13, 16 through 18. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. And you don't run back to the church where they're actually saying to you. Politicians are saying, this is the second in command of Ireland said, you know what, we're, we're struggling with getting people to comply. But once we tell them they won't be able to buy or sell or trade, then what, well, they don't put it that way. They, they won't be able to fly. They won't be able to go to entertainment venues. And people don't flock back to the church. Even in Ireland, there should be a mighty Catholic revival of people scared to death of the mark of the beast. But there's not. We're, 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 who's talking about it? I know today that there'll be three pastors for sure talking about COVID passports. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Rodney Howard Brown, and me. Others, I don't know. Bunch of cowards. Well, we might offend those in the church who don't take the Bible literally. They shouldn't be coming to church. Expel the wicked man from among you. Get out. You don't like it? Get out. Like, what kind of church is this that I'm, I mean, everyone, usually everyone's trying to recruit me. That's the worst thing I could do for you. It's the worst thing I could do for you is to bootlick you into coming to this church. Aren't you glad that it was as far from that as possible? You know what's annoying about this microphone? I told you, you're my psychologist. It's on the, on the, I don't know, was it tape or what do you call it these days? Recording. 
I gotta, I'm trying to get the vernacular down. On the recording, I can hear all of my own lip movements. <laughs> I'm one of those sound Nazis, as you know. I don't like clicking this and clicking that or people eat like this. <laughs> so I'm trying to drink less water today because it's so annoying on the recording. <laughs> I can hear everything. <laughs> I'm like, no. No, I hate it. I'm annoyed. See, people think that I don't live what I preach. I'm equally annoyed by my own sounds. Seriously. <laughs> equally annoyed. I hear myself. There's occasion I'll be driving alone in the truck eating a hamburger, and I'll catch myself. <laughs> I'm an, I mean, the insane annoyance that I get. <laughs> We've had people who their kids have come to stay with us for a day or whatever, hanging out with my kids, and I give them all my tutorial. Dexter kids have gotten it. You're welcome, Heather. I'm just trying to help her. I say, wait a minute now, because they'll be eating their French fries, like right behind me. So now, wait a minute. I need to teach you something, okay? This is how it works. You place the food into your mouth. You bite it with lips clamped. That's how you eat. You're welcome. That's properly dealing with people in my own eyes. <laughs> so you cannot be afraid of people at all, but you can't submit to people, to the right ones. You test the spirits. To see whether they are from God. How do you know whether I'm telling you the truth today? Write down all these Bible verses and see if they're actually what is true in the word of God. See if they're actually true. Well, Tom, this does not sound like the loving God. When you say verses like Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That does not sound like the loving God that I've been taught doesn't sound like it. That's because what you've been taught is the false love narrative. If it's the word of God, it's love. Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body and hell. That will cause people to repent. That will cause people to worship. And you leave it out and you substitute it with your counterfeit humanistic love. We leave those for, you know, we here at Lukewarm Central, we leave those verses out. All the refugee camps in Charlotte and Sarasota County, the Foundation Church refugee camps where all the people run to, they can't take it here. Well, we're living together, but we want to be baptized. No, uh, we'll, go off to the, we'll go to the Foundation Church refugee camp in Port Charlotte or Venice. Why won't, you won't baptize us even though we're living together? Uh, no. You want me to get up there basically and just tell everybody that I, that I am, am preaching and living heresy so that you feel good about you? You have to turn from your sin, actually get saved, and then I'll baptize you. You're not saved if you're living with somebody. You're not saved. I don't care what any minister says. If you did not turn from sin, you are not saved. If we deliberately keep on sinning 
After we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27, written to the church in Israel. Nobody says it. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to rock the boat. That'll mean a lot in the day of judgment when they stand before God and the books are opened. They'll be giving you the Tom Lipley then. Whoops! <laughs> Whoopsie daisy, Chris Farley. <laughs> Matt Foley, watch that when you get home. You've, a lot of people have sat under the false love narrative, which is the reverencing of people. Yeah. Reverencing their versions and their opinions. No, thank you. If the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp and discerning and dividing, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, I'll take it. And you don't think the Bible bothers me? I'm not a perfect person. The Bible haunts me, causes me to go, oh, man, my life is a mess. I'll take it. I'd rather be perplexed and not in despair. I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm like you. I'm like Paul. Paul in Romans chapter seven, verses 15 through 20, the things that I want to do, I do not do, and the things that I don't wanna do, those are the things I do. I struggle too, I shouldn't be, but I'm not gonna make excuses and change my theology because the Bible rocks my world, because the Bible brings to ruins the things that I think are important. I choose the Bible. These things, when you fear men and you reverence the options and the aversions of people, this is the great falling away. This is why many will be shocked on the day of judgment. Shocked. Have you, have you ever looked at Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23, and really looked at it in detail? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. People will recognize Jesus as Lord. Many will say to me in that day, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Those people are shocked. I thought I was in. And it's not complicated to be in. What do you have to do to be in? I yield my life to you, Lord. I turn from my sins. I receive you as Lord and say, that's it. But then the relationship comes along. Man, she's so hot. She's so hot. Wait till you feel the heat of hell. And they walk away. I'm offended. I'm bitter. Why? Because the pastor said a pastor or the pastor's wife said a crossword to you. I found out the pastor wasn't perfect. He was mean to me. We, what would happen today if we had to storm the beaches of Normandy? We have a military that's been shut down for 60 days to root out racism. We, you know, we have that major racism problem inside our military. It's like you have a major racism in, uh, problem inside of, the, inside of criminal justice. No, you don't. You have racists, not systemic racism. I, I think about America and Canada a lot right now. I'll get back to Matthew 7, 20, 21 through 23 in a second. I think a lot about America and Canada. 
Because I think of us as sister nations, pretty much identical. You know, I've been to Canada. Even at, it's the only, it's, I think it's the only country that I, I've, as a child, I went to numerous countries because my dad was in the military. But as an adult, I've only been to one other country, I think, and that's Canada. And what a great place of great people. Seriously, seriously. I went to Vancouver. I mean, oh my gosh. Great people. Closed down. Ontario is a police state. I'm not kidding you. You, they have, you, you drive down the road, you're going through a checkpoint. You pull out your papers. Why it is that you're, what you're doing is essential. It's an absolute fact. I've showed picture after picture, video after video. A guy videoed the COVID patrol go to his friend's house three times in an hour to see if he was home because you're locked down. That's Ontario. I, I think of what, and I think of the Canadians. You had Americas on Omaha Beach. You had Canadians on Sword Beach going up Normandy together. 17, 18, even 16-year-old men having their heads blown off side by side to go out and root out tyranny. And now you have this. And Americans are no different. They're all closed down too. That I just think of what, the, what we used to be. There and I were playing that song, Jesus, What Happened to Us, last night. You need to pull that up when you get home today and play it on YouTube. What happened to us? Just deception, the reverencing of people. You say, no, thank you, Anthony Fauci. I'm not strapping on that face diaper. I'm not strapping on lies. But people will be shocked on the day of judgment because they acquiesce to the fear of humanity. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. They never turned from their sin. They listened to some humanistic false love gospel and told them they were okay when they weren't. I'll finish with this. Proverbs 29, 25. And if you want to, sometime during the week, because this is where the second message will launch from today, is right here. I'll preach a whole other message in the second service. They don't get what you get, and you don't get what they get. I know that's not standard, by the way. I can't do it any other way. It's too boring to preach the same message twice. I can't do it. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And I want to warn you as we close out today, we got about three or four minutes and I'm gonna close this service out. People are coming your way. Good and bad. People are coming your way. What are you gonna do? Remember, the devil primarily works through people. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse eight, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. How does the enemy do this? Back to 2 Corinthians 11, 13, and 14. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Look at 2 Timothy 2, 17 and 18. And their message will spread like cancer. Hermeneus and Philatus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has already passed and they overthrow the faith of some. People are coming your way. False prophets are coming your way. Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. What are we told? Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 17, it's chapter seven, verses 15 and 16. And it's funny where this verse is located. It's right after, of course, 
Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Right after that verse, beware of false prophets. Which come to you in sheep's clothing. Pastor care. I care for you. I love you. Now just put your mask on because we want to care about each other. That may sound sweet. I know it sounds vomitous to most of us in this room, but that sounds, listen, that sounds sweet to most Christians. You're like, it can't be most Christians. It is. It is. You guys can play a little bit. Where's the church in Michigan right now? Where are they at? Go ahead and play, Aaron. I'm sitting here on eggshells wondering when you're going to hit something here. I don't care who it is, Pete, somebody play something. So I know you guys are now playing. A- ask, where are they at? Where, where's the church in Massachusetts? There's no church services going on there. Except ones at 25% capacity, making sure that you're 18 feet apart. So you're three times more social distancing than necessary. I made that part up. Where are they at? Where's the church in California? You got John MacArthur out there. There ain't nobody else. Where are they at? You you think it's not this way? Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You see what happened in Canada? The two churches, the two pastors that have stood up? They built a a 10-foot fence around his church. Then the Christians came in and tore it down. God bless them. God bless them. You got to be like that. I don't care. I don't care if you're kind of an introvert or you're kind of shy. Be one of those people that would go in there and tear that thing down. Go in there, pull up your four-wheel drive truck, hook that chain up to that fence and yank that thing down. You know, the COVID Nazis showed back up to that church where the pastor in Canada kicked them out. The guy was like, get out! Get out, you brown shirt Nazis! They came again. He did the same thing. And what's so funny is, the girl's like, now what I just wanted to do is I'm trying to explain to you the stay-at-home order. And he goes, he starts in our, get out! Again, right in her face. She actually went like this. You know why? Because behind that pastor, I can feel it in my spirit right now, is power! Get out! Tell them to their face. Get out of my face. Get out of my life, you demon. I'm not going to do it. Well, Tom, it might cost me my life. It might cost me my freedom. Paul was arrested. Peter was arrested. John was arrested. You stand in the word of God no matter what. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.